Greetings, this is Jeff Riddle. I'm the pastor of Christ Reformed Baptist Church in Louisa, Virginia. And this is going to be an audio version of a book review that I have written. The book under review was written by Joshua Shooping. It's titled Disillusioned, subtitled Why I Left the Eastern Orthodox Priesthood and Church. This was published by Theophany Press in 2022. And the book is 146 pages in length. My review appeared in the Puritan Reform Journal, volume 15, number 2, in the July 2023 issue. And it can be found there on pages 186 to 188. Let's move on now to the review. Over the years, multiple people have moved from Geneva, that is Protestantism, to Constantinople, that is Eastern Orthodoxy. See, for example, the so-called Bible Answer Man, Hank Hanegraaff's 2017 conversion. More than one memoir has been written about such a transition. See, for example, Francis Schaeffer's son Frank's Dancing Alone, The Quest for Orthodox Faith in the Age of False Religion, published in 1994. It appears that fewer testimonies have been offered by those who have moved in the opposite direction. This makes Joshua Shooping's book all the more intriguing. He is a former Orthodox priest who is now a Protestant pastor. Shooping's book consists of two parts. Part one is titled Personal and contains just 20 pages of content. Here, the author only briefly and with minimal detail describes his decision to leave the Orthodox priesthood and faith. The book might not, therefore, rightly be called a memoir. The mainstay of its content is in part two, titled Doctrinal. That's found on pages 21 to page 141. This section provides the author's reflections on the doctrinal disagreements that led to his departure from Eastern Orthodoxy. Part 1 begins, quote, In one sense, it is very easy to say why I left the Eastern Orthodox Church. I left because I believe it is a false church that has formally and irreformably corrupted the gospel, end quote, page 7. Shooping proceeds, however, to note that his departure is also difficult fully to articulate. He was a convert to orthodoxy from an evangelical background who initially had the typical zeal of a new adherent. This led to what he calls a rude awakening, however, as he began studies in a theologically liberal Orthodox Church in America seminary. On top of this, Shooping notes that during his seminary studies, he discovered that the Protestant doctrine of penal substitutionary atonement could be found in the Church Fathers. His interest and studies in this area met with resistance from his Orthodox teachers and colleagues. After seminary, he entered parish ministry. But when his church closed during the pandemic, Shooping undertook a project of compiling and editing several Orthodox confessions and catechisms, later published as the Holy Standards. In these, he says, he was confronted with two teachings that, he says, were not plainly articulated to him in seminary. First, those outside the Orthodox Church are not Christians. Second, those who do not bow and kiss icons with affection are condemned. His inability to affirm these two points ultimately resulted in his departure from Eastern Orthodoxy.
Part two begins with a discussion of orthodox ecclesiology, which the author describes as, quote, necessarily and permanently exclusivistic and sectarian, end quote, page 23. Oddly enough, Shuping claims that this imperialist position makes the orthodox like the sectarians confronted by Paul in 1 Corinthians. The so-called genius of Protestantism is that churches from different confessions, for example, Baptists and Presbyterians, can differ from one another in doctrine and practice, and yet still affirm that they are Christians. See page 33. So in the end, it is Protestants, interestingly enough, who are for genuine Christian unity, while orthodoxy divides and excludes. The author next addresses in chapter 2 the issue of iconology. Here he challenges the notion of the so-called unbroken continuity of the Orthodox Church with earliest Christianity by arguing that the first Christians promoted aniconic or symbolic views of religious art as opposed to the necessity of iconodulia, the veneration of icons. The Seventh Ecumenical Council's requirement that icons be venerated, according to Schuping, confuses and corrupts the gospel. Next, Mariology is addressed in chapter 3. Here also the author finds a fatal disruption of the gospel. He reaches this conclusion after an analysis of the 6th century Akathist hymn to the Most Holy Theotokos by Romanus the Melodist. According to Schuping, this popular and authoritative hymn among the Orthodox wrongly gives emphasis to Mary as a mediatrix of salvation rather than to mediation of Christ. See page 55. He concludes that, quote, The ever-blessed Virgin Mary is being deeply dishonored by such excessive praise. End quote, page 57. He also critiques other extra-biblical Orthodox teachings about and pious practices regarding Mary, including the idea that she lived for years in the Holy of Holies, the view of Mary as a so-called path to heaven, and the hesychastic spirituality of Gregory Palamas, a focus on the birth of Mary, making her a, quote, de facto cosmic instrumental sub-savior, end quote, page 70, the so-called dormition of Mary, and devotional materials relating to her, like the prayer book, Mother of Light, and Theodore the Studite's poem, A Canon, to the All-Holy Theotokos, which he describes as promoting, quote, a kind of Mariolatry, even a Marianity, end quote, within Christianity. See page 78. Schuping concludes this section by noting that in orthodoxy, there is little emphasis on what he calls sermonic instruction and much confidence in the so-called fullness of orthodoxy being communicated to the laity through the liturgy. See page 85. On a practical level, however, it often promotes, quote, a culture of mystical ignorance, end quote, resulting in many who spend far more time piously praying to Mary than to Christ. See pages 85 and page 87. Chapter 4 examines two off-sided passages from Irenaeus of Lyon to justify what is called by Schuping High Mariology on page 91. After analysis, Schuping concludes that Irenaeus is, quote, not a true ally, end quote, of the Eastern view, as the church father affirmed, quote, 
Christ alone is the Savior, and Mary is not any kind of actual co-redemptress, end quote. See pages 94 and 95. Chapter 5 examines the use of Cyprian's treatise on the unity of the church, written in 251, arising out of the Novation controversy to justify both the Roman and Eastern views of church unity and the notion of a state church, that both lay so-called equal claim to Cyprian, according to Schuping, is, quote, not only incredibly fraught with difficulty, but also quite ironic, end quote, page page 101. An appendix provides a review of the book Rock and Sand by Josiah Trentum, a former Presbyterian and Westminster Seminary student who converted to Orthodoxy and now serves as an archpriest in a church in California. Shooping charges Trentum both with rep- misrepresenting Protestantism and offering a misleading view of Orthodoxy, quote, for the sake of his rhetorical aim to grow the Orthodox Church, end quote, page 141. As we continue to see the weakening of many contemporary evangelical churches in our times, some young persons, especially young men raised within evangelicalism, have been attracted to Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy. They are often drawn by their claims to be the only true church and an expression of Christianity standing in unbroken continuity with the church fathers and even back to the apostles. In uncertain and unstable times, this is indeed appealing to many. Schuping's personal account of his disillusionment with orthodoxy and his theological analysis of its errors, however, reminds us that what glitters may not always be gold. His book also challenges Protestant ministers and churches to be diligent in presenting Geneva, and we might say London, as a more compelling, faithful, and winsome expression of Christianity than that offered by Rome or Constantinople. Here ends my review. You can receive audiobook reviews and notes like this one, Word Magazine podcasts and sermons, by subscribing to Christ Reformed Baptist Church's sermon audio feed on iTunes, by searching for Christ Reformed Baptist Church. For video material, you can subscribe to the Word Magazine channel on youtube.com. You can also find written book reviews, notes, and articles on my blog, jeffriddle.net. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Riddle1689.